0: I
1: have a call. Phone. Hi. Hey. Uh, it's Kill Radio. How you doing? And, uh, good, good. And
2: KPFK Bike Talk, and here's Alexis on the phone with you. How Nick. you
3: doing? Good. What's going on today? Um, well, today we we're doing um, a little uh, 4th Street meeting at Chateau Park this morning at 11. And then we're going to head out and ride along 4th Street and catalog all the potholes because they have gotten pretty bad, especially as you, as you move further west. There were some of that old concrete needs asphalt. Um, there's some pretty deep ones. Um, and as you guys may be aware, if you call in 311 or go to the Bureau of Street Services website, you can um, log in all the potholes that you see on your daily commute. Um, and, you know, the city has had some... Um, Budget problems, as we all are aware, so they're not out there repaving roads as um, sort of quickly as I think we'd like. They're doing a lot of pothole patches. So we're going to try and help them prioritize streets that have um, that cyclists use, and make sure that the streets that we use are getting fixed and repaired first. Since a pothole um, along our route can mean a broken arm, um, a bent-up bicycle, and a lot of other problems. Whereas for a car, it may only mean um, you know. Yeah. Slightly off, <laughs> slightly off axle or something like that. So, so, so how
1: do you catalog a pothole? Well,
3: I mean... um, the way DWP or the Department of Bureau, excuse me, Bureau of Street Services takes the information is you list the street where it is, closest intersection. If you have the street address that's closest to it, um, and then if you just list, you know, it's on the east side of the street or just as much information as you can give, and then theoretically they send folks out to try and they have a set of uh patch trucks that are out at all times that go out and patch the
1: potholes cool and so you think that uh they, that they'll respond to to the lacbc's um potholes faster if if they if you're more organized and have more people um, calling in or?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's my hope, is that we can start flooding their system, and all the pothole requests they're going to start getting um, are going to be from people on bicycles, and um, I think that will make a big difference, because I, I see potholes along the way that I've called in, and um, they have gotten fixed, so, you know, I think that they are trying to respond, um, and I know that there's it's a huge city with a lot of miles of roads, but I think this can help at least in the short term try and make our routes a little bit smoother, um, you know, we, we need to to make the bigger push of getting them to um, incorporate in the bike network to their um, prioritization system for when they go out and do street repaving. Um, I know right now that they, they do um, currently integrate where all the buses, bus lines are into their system, so they are aware of where bus routes are, um, and so I want to make it similar with the bike routes, knowing having them know where all the bike routes are so that the, those are a priority for them when they're out repaving.
1: Right. So what are some other bike r- routes?
3: Well, you know, right now we're taking input from folks on what the next uh, roads they'd like to have. Um, we're, we're sort of launching this new campaign, the Good Roads LA campaign, um, and we are looking for volunteers that can help lead rides, organize the rides, collect the data, and um, also input it. Um, so if folks are interested in helping out, they can contact either myself um, or they can contact our volunteer coordinator, Joni, um, and our email addresses are on our uh, main website where you can find them on the, on the blog, I think, as well.
1: Okay. So, and what else are you doing uh, this in the coming week or month?
3: Tomorrow, we also have a really fun ride. Um, It's one of our Sunday fun day rides. It's called Craft Town Traffic, Um, and that's going to be meeting up at 9:30 a.m. at the Westwood Recreation Center. And this is um, a members only event. But folks that want to come, and um, I think members are allowed to bring a guest. And if you sign up um, to become a member that day, then you know, I think you get a discount on your membership. so that is going to be trekking through the um, from the west side to the east side, and it should be a fun ride. It's led by one of our board members, Greg Lemley. Um, you guys may know his, his family runs Lemley Theaters. Oh.
1: so yeah, Um, so does uh, does this happen regularly?
3: Yeah, our Sunday funday Sunday rides are the first Sunday of every month, and um, they are. Led by our board members, and our board members sort of set the route and choose the rides that sort of reflect their riding styles. So we've had a couple of different rides, um, from sort of a family ride in the valley. Ted Rogers led a, um, a West Side ride. Uh, I Heart the West Side, and then we just had a big one. Um, and by big, I mean it was like epically long <laughs> uh, ride up in the San Fernando. Um, I think it actually went from the San Fernando, Altadena, Dina up in that area, or St. Gabriel's, pardon me, um, and that was that was with a lot of climbing, over 4,000 feet of climbing. So some, some rides are really easy, sort of fun family rides, and some rides are sort of more for your roadies that want to, you know, get 100 miles in and get a lot of hill climbing, and uh, I think we're going to have a mountain bike ride coming up, and so it's going to be a mix of rides to suit all different types of riders and get folks out and engaged with LACBC.
1: Sounds great. And uh, so... I guess you're going off to 4th Street now to start cataloging.
3: Yeah, running off to 4th Street. I did want to share some good news. Um, yesterday the city council um, uh, decided to fund doing a citywide Safe Routes to School plan for $1.2 million, which is going to be funded by the Measure R local return pedestrian set aside. Um, and this is going to help the city prioritize the schools of greatest need. Um, for folks that aren't familiar, Safers to School is a federal and state grant program that cities apply to to um, fix the infrastructure and make it safer for kids walking and biking to school. And it also provides funding for schools to do um, comprehensive education and encouragement programs to educate kids about bicycle and pedestrian safety and also um, to create programs that help and encourage parents and kids to start walking and biking to school. Um, Things like having a walking school bus or a bike train just some uh, fun fun ways to get folks out walking and biking, and you know, and in in our cities, about fifteen to twenty percent of morning traffic is caused by parents dropping their kids off at school. Um, and so, this is one of the ways that we can one of the ways we can start to address that issue and make it safer for our kids is through getting um, safe routes to school grant dollars, which the city of L.A. has not been very competitive at, um, because it takes really an involved process where we we work the school, uh, you work with the school and the the parents and um, DOT generally runs this program for the grant applications and they don't really get out there and take the time to see what the schools need and engage with the schools. Part of that is because there's sort of this silo between LAUSD and the city of LA. um, But this is to try and break that down and really prioritize our schools with the greatest need based on collision data. And socioeconomic factors, we know that when we look at low-income communities, uh, people there are four times as likely to be hit um, by a car while walking or bicycling, and um, that's where we have the greatest uh, um, health impact. There's the higher rates of obesity in low-income communities, um, and there are already more people walking and biking to school. Um, So we want to prioritize those neighborhoods across the city and make sure we're trying to make it safer for them for walking and biking to school and make our grant applications more competitive. So we really bring back those dollars and um, address those schools. And also because it's a two-mile radius around the school, it's going to be a really great way to start um, adding some additional dollars to our pot to improve the biking environment just citywide anyway. So a lot of these schools are along routes that are identified in the new bicycle plan. And so we have some specific treatments that can be applied, grant money can be applied for, and hopefully we can start to um, bring back more money to implement some of the bike plan through this process.
2: Wow, sounds good. Here's chicken Okay, Alexis. I'm going to take the gloves off. And I'm, I'm putting you on the spot right now, the last time you did a ride with city leaders we went on some really crummy streets. Was that supposed to highlight the fact that there were potholes there, or were you just, like, showing off that you can ride on any kind of terrain or something? I I, I, I want to know, was is, is that a conscious effort? It's like you've got all these city officials, and it's like, oh, these streets have just a few bumps or something, and they were just destroyed. And I, I noticed right afterwards people were, like, taking pictures, shooting them, getting on the phone and stuff. Is that the only way we can get city, city leaders out there, is if we tell them it's a fun ride, and then the next thing you know they're... They're sort of trekking cobblestones or, or, or something like that uh, you can answer now?
3: <laughs> well, I think, you know, um, I, I think part of it, well, I, you're, I think, referring to the EPA ride, and we came up on 4th Street, and 4th Street was a pretty bad repair, um, I think some of which I, I didn't really realize at the time how bad 4th Street had gotten on that west side, especially where all the, the I mean, the concrete is. Um, but the other part of it is I I really wanted to, with that ride, highlight just how many great sort of residential streets we do have. And, yes, there are problems on a lot of those streets, but those are great ways to get around town. And um, pay, repaving those streets, is if that's the only issue that we have to deal with to make those streets better, that's not a very big issue. So I think it's really, for me, it's important to show that, like, hey, if you just repave this road, we could have a great bike route. Um, and I think getting folks out there, because a lot of politicians don't ride bikes, and in the case of that ride, we had the head of the EPA who does ride bikes and people from the Department of Public Health who do ride bikes who, who really get it and want to see Los Angeles become a more bike-friendly c- city. And if we can showcase that we do have some great roads already that are, that are appealing for people, whether they are you know parents with kids or older adults, and the main issue that we're facing on those roads is pavement quality. You know, that's not such a bad thing, and that's something that we can fix pretty easily, um, unlike, you know, some of the major streets where we really have to do a lot of work to try and slow traffic down, do traffic calming, um, take away a lane. There's, there's sort of larger issues there that we have to get through. So uh, with that ride, I did a showcase of, you know, we did the path, we did Venice, we did uh, Cochrane up to 4th, and just sort of showcased a bunch of different street typologies so that people can get a feel for what it is like to bike around Los Angeles.
1: Well, um... So, thank you for calling in, Alexis, and, and, and any time you want to call in, and every week would be great.
3: All right. Well, oh, thanks so much, guys. Second.
1: Wait, Chicken yeah, doesn't want to let you off the phone without asking great. if you're doing anything for Ciclovia next week.
3: Oh, yeah. We are actually going to be doing, um, uh, there's going to be a bike valet that we're running over in Little Tokyo. Um, this is, I think, one of the spots last year that... Um, I guess folks didn't really get a chance to enjoy, so we're having a pit stop there where there's going to be bike valet, I think, in front of the Japanese American Museum, so folks can stop and have lunch and free bike valet and enjoy all the things that uh, Little Tokyo has to offer. And we'll, of course, have lots of folks out just along the ride um, spreading the word about River Ride, um, and hopefully we'll have we're, – we're trying to figure out if we're going to do one or two other little pit stops along the way where we'll have, um, you know, an air pump out and some tools and just little things to um, smooth people's rides over. Because I know last time I was out near um, near Hollenbeck uh, Park on 4th Street and I had a pump and some stuff and I ended up filling a lot of tires that day. There's a lot of little kids out um, with their um, – little bikes with the training wheels a lot a lot of almost flat tires like the bikes hadn't been out of the garage in a long time so we want to make sure the folks are out there uh have bikes in good repair so we'll hopefully have our tools out and be able to help out
1: okay good sounds good
3: all right have a great day guys
1: thanks you too all right see you ah <laughs> all right well i called um Stephen Box and Alex yeah. Thompson to talk to us, but of course. And what? what you yeah, you know on? these
2: guys are out all night trying to yeah. canvass the area, getting so new political thought. Isn't that what you do too? No, no, I go out and just try to have a drink with every third person I meet. So I'm kind of much hungover. more,
1: yeah, <laughs> much more
2: relaxing. <laughs> it started on Thursday with somebody from Davis thinking we'd be riding bikes all around. <laughs> Needless to say, I, I I think I've ridden less this week than I have in a, in a while, and it and it really made me think about. How, how people are getting around nowadays. Uh, I got to be a passenger in a car, oh and right. I know you're going, <gasps> everybody's breath sort of held here, but it was a Prius. It was a Prius. And so it was uh, r- quite an experience. So I was I was amazed by the technology, but I thought, is th- is this the next thing? And as you see me on the floor working with some of the Kill Radio antiquated equipment, we I uh, got to record the president's speech, and I'll, I'll cue that up later, but what I wanted to uh, address right now was the fact that I was in a car. I, I do bike around Los Angeles, but it made me rethink the, the landscape of our own Los Angeles. And it was funny. All the major arteries, this is at rush hour, were, were packed. And so what did I think? Uh, sillily, I said, hey, uh, I, I know how to get there on a bicycle. And she sort of looked and said, well, that's not going to help us now. <laughs> we're in a car. And I said, mm-hmm. no, but I, I, I know that... Uh, what streets are, are less kind of crowded because I've, I've been riding bicycles. So instead of taking the main highway mm. sometimes, I took the arteries. And lo and behold, I thought to myself, should we really get on 4th Street? I said, is it, is it okay to drive 4th Street? And I remembered, it, well, it's still open to traffic, but is a, is a Prius on a bike lane just as good as, as riding a bike? And I thought to myself, well, no. And we didn't want to congest it. So a lot of the time... We sort of veered, took it for a block, but we went somewhere else. And I thought to myself, mm-hmm. inadvertently, I'm I'm sort of mimicking tr- road diets by how they make you turn right or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, needless to say, we got to where we needed to go, and then we spent some time. And I and this is what I thought: we were there on time, and yet we had to find parking. So now the parking kind of equation worked into to like your driving habits. It's like okay. It's not mm-hmm. my bicycle. I can't just chain it up up front or, or find mm-hmm. a rack out front. I've got to go look for parking. And uh, we found parking. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Los Angeles. So we went around maybe two, three blocks. And as we're doing this, it's just bumper-to-bumper traffic off Alvarado. and Because that's the interchange for the freeways. And so I'm, I'm looking at this. And she's going, oh, this just seems like Los Angeles I used to remember with all this traffic. And I'm thinking, well, no, no, we really have done s- some things. I mean, it used to be really bad, but as I was saying that, there were uh, literally like 10 or 15 different bike riders, not all at once, but riding. And I said, those are 10 or 15 less people that could be in cars. And and right. so, in in one way, we, we are making inroads. Maybe not fast enough, but, but, but truly, it was. And uh, I wasn't anti-car. I, mm-hmm. I even said, hey, I, I could take you on my tandem. And she said, oh, there's no way I'm getting on a tandem. Oh, it's dangerous out there. And I thought, well, yeah, maybe if I'm sticking on Sunset and Alvarado, I, I was thinking more like m- maybe the, the back streets there. So what is that? Hyperion off... Of, of sunset where it's there's the just mm-hmm. one hill and, and and coming down you're just listening to this going where is this going aren't you uh, it's sort of like the the ride itself <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, it, it you know c- people complaining about traffic is not how we're, we're gonna equate or or get the uh, the bike movement for the next level and it was kind of kind of amazing because after we did get there i met some people that did take their bikes and the only way i knew this is because they had their they're cute little helmets, but when, when I say cute, everybody thinks I'm, I'm sort of jeering them or nothing. No, I, I'm complimenting on the fact that out of out of the room, I think about maybe there, there were some kids that came with parents, but most of the kids at this event uh, rode their bikes. So I was really impressed because uh, a third of the population within the room itself of uh, about, say, 50 people took bicycles. What event? Uh, this was the EPFC event. The, oh, right. the, 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 the the film center had a had a screening, and there were bikes within the film. Echo uh, Park Film sort Center, of, sort of, uh, equating with uh, how um, the, uh, youth is is moving. They teach media literacy, and their their cycle this month was to film, or um, it was an, not so much an adaptation, but an inspiration from uh, Walter Rudman, who did. Uh, uh, Berlin Symphony of a City back in the 30s and so they did the same kind of analysis of Los Angeles in 2010 Um, and they did a uh, the original film was without sound Um, uh, uh, well it had a sound track but it it wasn't uh, what we would call uh, sync dialogue or anything of that sort, it was just the opposite it was quote unquote a symphony, it had a a score and it was uh, a dramatic portrayal of how Los Angeles, uh, no actors, uh, no script, no dialogue. High school students. Yeah, and and there was... uh, uh, Bicycles fit into it. Um, There was the the shots that uh, kids did on bikes. There were... So it looked like an expensive, what is it, multi-thousands of dollars dolly that was really fluid. There was also uh, uh, parts of the Ciclavia made it last year. And, in fact, we'll talk a little bit more today about uh, we, the seek of the uh,
1: We just got a message on Facebook saying, Too bad April Fool's was yesterday. Your entire radio show could have been about cars. <laughs> that would have been a good one.
2: Well, you know, we, we are talking about correcting potholes on 4th Street. Uh, 4th Street is not shut down by any means to traffic, to through traffic. And and um, at least in my section of, of Koreatown, the the road is semi Drivable, And I, I say this having looked at, at things from Tokyo, some of the footage from NHK and the last few things, and the only thing that's sort of getting around some of those destroyed areas are, uh, are mountain bikes and uh, the odd bicycle we're, we're seeing now. And, and I know in Tokyo, when the subway was set down, everybody rode their bikes. And, in fact, that was the 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 only thing that could get you from point A to B for, for a lot of times if you, you don't have gasoline and you're not walking and you want to... Get there as uh, I, I think it was uh, Mike or one of the other guys told me. Maybe it was even Stephen Box. It, you're uh, something like three quarters time faster. So it's is that is that the way you go What's for every for every uh, say you get there in 15 minutes by or ex- say you get there an hour by walking, you'll get there in 15 minutes by biking. So that's that's pretty incredible the, hmm. the reduction on time. For me, time is money. Yeah. And if Biking, time is money, then biking's actually
1: more efficient than walking.
2: Yeah, it is. You're not using the same muscles, but you can you can still kill yourself riding a bike. I, I'm, I'm the first one to tell you that. I got another su- uh, suggestion for a topic for the show. Oh, we're, we're getting topic suggestions. I, I yeah. thought we had the topic. It was it was about how to solve the being called to action by the president this week and and. Um, He's oh. looking for all these solutions to energy, and I, I'm thinking it's just staring us right in the face. I mean, if we reduced... I'm not asking everybody to get on a bike, but I'm saying one of those rides, just like the, the women from Cycle used to say, you you most of your rides are less than two miles. If you could take right. just one or, or two of those rides, do you, do you know how much tremendous amount of... of um, well, petrol, but... Uh, gas or anything you're you're going to be saving. So what can case. we do to convince people to take and, one of your rides? And it's and it's funny online. that you, we we're we're getting to that point because I have uh, on occasion said that uh, the the way you're going to do it is with things like Ciclavia, uh, an enjoyable fun huh. ride out on a Sunday, and then if people see that they can do seven miles, and it's not they don't have to do the whole course, but they see how much fun it is to get back on a bicycle, because. Here in Los Angeles, or in California in particular, we're, we're so involved with car culture. That's what my friend was saying. It's all about cars here. Every 10 minutes, there there seems to be some sort of strange new exotic car that gets really crappy mileage. And I, I think we're re rethinking that equation now. Even the silly crappier cars are getting better mileage. That's right. usually a selling point now. Right. But um, a, a lot of us are, are having to face the fact that some industry, uh, heavy industry, still relies a lot on, on cars and stuff. But we're seeing a push now by, by some of our civic leaders, uh, especially at the port, to, to um, use things like electric uh, things to move it. I, I know that uh, I didn't get into a debate with Russell, but he works down at the port. And, and on occasion, we talk about how they're trying to clean and, and make things electric. This is in between me saying... Are you going to film everything I say? And I'm saying, well, you're you're breaking news. You're down there. And Who's Russell? No, I'm, I'm hardly breaking news. <laughs> but, but that's that's the kind of thing. You you, you tend to feel this. And I, I know uh, Al has said, because of the reduction of the economy, they're able to ride their bikes more at the port. And I'm saying, well, I don't know if that's a plus or a minus. We're, we're polluting less only because we're working less. Maybe, maybe we can find that middle ground where we're polluting less because we're working more, but we reduced our carbon footprint because now some of the vehicles that ro- rode o- or ran their lifting or crane production on uh, by burning diesel or sooty things are now uh, plugging in and people say, well, isn't that aren't we burning a coal factory somewhere down the line to support this? I'd like to think that maybe it's it's wind down the road or, or some sort of uh, electrical uh, generation from photovoltaics that are powering uh, some of the power at the port. Anyway, ha- having said that, uh, your, your question was, how, how do we get more people involved? I, th- I think it's also the fact that uh, it's, it's not the bicyclists now that we're trying to sell to. It's, uh, it's recapturing, as uh, Alexis said, uh, things that we sort of take for granted now that we've gotten to this road of uh, driving our kids to school. Uh, I know that there's that big safety factor, and uh, uh, the fear factor, but I, I happen to believe that um, we we can get away from the just the fact that everybody's going to sue well, USD because they feel that oh uh, you have to protect my child the minute he leaves the door. I, I like to believe that we can give some of that uh, responsibility back to the parent and say well, why don't we why can't you walk your kids to school and if it's too far? Why can't you present alternatives? I, I know that there's carpooling, but rarely do I see anybody carpool with more than they're kids, so maybe that's an answer too. You were gonna interject something there, Nick.
1: Um, well, I was just gonna say, Ciclavia is gonna happen three times. There's three Ciclavias coming up. Did you
2: know that? Yeah. Tri- triplavia, right? Yeah, Triplas Well uh, There's there's, yeah. there's one coming up, and as I say that, this would be the point where I find the Ciclavia tape, and there it is. I'm running toward it. Okay. Should I stall for? Stall for 30 seconds. All right. Well, you've you've heard parts of this before from the first time we did this, and what I was amazed is there were there were all these civic civic leaders out there, but it, it wasn't like made for them. I mean, they sort of facilitated it, and I like to say, oh yeah, they did it all themselves. No, they didn't. They didn't facilitate it at all. It was more a, a, a committee that we've had here on the show. Uh, Steve, Bobby. Uh, uh, what is it, Adonia? Uh, different people that have seen the effect in other parts of the world and decided to bring it here. And the argument is always: Is it is it something? Um, what what are you actually trying to do here? You know, can L.A. rebrand itself? Can L.A. get to a, a different level where it's not just about uh, writing and stuff? And I know, I, uh, having talked to Steve. Um, uh, who uh, was one of the design engineers and stuff, he was actually um, instrumental in, in talking to me and telling me about uh, their inspiration for, for doing this and stuff. And I, I think there's enough... Steve who? Uh, isn't it uh, Via Via Rosa or Via Vosa? I, I'm remembering what Steve's name is off the top of my head. Okay. was well, Steve? Uh, he's with Ciclavia. Oh, okay. From... from um, I want to say he's from the south. He just has a southern accent. But I know he grew up somewhere, somewhere southern-bound, sure. and he's come here. He had a radio show, and I'm trying to get him here on the radio show. But that's, that's uh, more of a kill radio kind of item rather than a Ciclavia item. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, what I remember more about the Ciclavia, uh, and the reason I bring it to mind is the fact that uh, there, were, there were a ton of people that talked there, e- even the mayor talking. And we're going to go to uh, the mayor... And all the people getting there for this. It is Kill Radio Bike Talk, and you're listening to a little bit of of how the Ciclovia broke out. And it's kind of amazing because I got to talk off the cuff with the mayor. So bring up two and let's see if we can do this it was Mayor Virgosa. There you go. So, you'll be accompanying him, right? Keeping all these pesky reporters out of the way. he will be. You'll uh, we'll try. He might be accompanying me. It's <laughs> chicken leather talking to the police. They so seem to like be like a are right? everywhere. Instead of pace,
4: like a very slow pace. Ah. Uh, Right, for nice. the kids. It's all for the kids.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
4: Are you riding? Of course.
2: Not. Woo. He's on his spandex. <laughs> they were all saying he's going to be in spandex. So uh, some of the bike riding, uh, we always equate with different kinds of competition or stuff, and this is the last of it. it there, there is no competition when it's something like this. And even though it gets to be a dog and pony show, I think we've heard as maybe as about Peter a third Donald of this with Weezar when he was running for uh,
5: state council. for the city of Los Angeles. I want to thank everyone.
2: Who so I, I wonder when they stop campaigning and they start just they producing. So I think this is a good six months before the election. So maybe he was just doing it for the benefit anyway. Here's Kill Radio. What
5: I love about today, and I'm going to bring my family down in about an hour to enjoy the streets of Los Angeles without cars, is that we're going to be able to see our neighborhoods more intently. Because you know what? Oftentimes we whiz by these places. We've got to get to know one another. We've got to get the exercise we need. And last but not least, the mayor's pushing me out here, so I'll finish. This is a historical day, but we got to do more of it. The city of LA has yeah. got to do a whole lot more to support bicycles, skates, and everything else that promotes more pedestrians on the sidewalks and streets. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah. All right now,
2: the man who helped to organize this event, Aaron Paley, Ciclovia
5: steering committee member. Yeah. Yeah. Hola, estamos tan orgullosos y tan felices de celebrar la primera Ciclavia here in Los Angeles. Vive Ciclavia! Con Bogota, Ecuador, de Mexico, and other cities.
6: I'm so happy to celebrate the first Ciclavia here in Los Angeles, and we're inspired by Latin America. And it's so great that in our city we find a way to open up the streets, to look at our streets and our whole city in a different way. Because we're looking to the south and framing our city in a a way that has never been done before. And I want to thank the California Endowment, Fikes Belong, the Rosenthal Family Foundation, and the Metabolic Studio of Annenberg Family Foundation who gave us the support when we needed it to make this happen. Of course, the Mayor's Office and the City Council. This is a great day. Come out and play. Thank you so much, Los Angeles.
1: In Spanish, but in
2: this, this is, yeah, I love saying last year's because it sounds like an annual event, but no, we're going to do it three times, so yeah, this is the last time we did a Ciclavia, it's and, it's and the mayor, and this is Adonia here. All right, well, uh, I went to Bogota, Colombia two summers ago in
0: 2008 uh, with my friend Bobby Gatta, and we got so inspired by what we saw there,
7: we met Jaime, we were like, oh my gosh, we're going to bring this back to our city of Los Angeles, and then we came home,
0: and we went... Los Angeles, that's right. There's something with the city and cars. So we started talking to people, we started organizing, and here we are two years later with the
7: support of the city, with the support of the mayor. We're very, very excited to be here. We're very excited to see so many people out here. And I hope everybody gets out on the route, takes a look at what's going on. I'm thrilled to just see what people do with the street now that they're open to us um, for this special day. And we hope to have more events like this in the future and help Los Angeles become a better place.
5: Thanks for coming. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you. lot.
2: Adonia! Adonia! Yeah, so, um, chicken leather here. And uh, as the dog and pony show kind of uh, winds winds up, we have to remember that it's not, not about all the political and public officials coming out um, and, and talking. It's about you uh, empowering yourself, and this is this is the um, the week notice. There, you're going to get another day next Saturday to get out there and get your bike over to a bike collective, or maybe you can do some uh, repair and get out there and do it. But I'd like to think that um, April 10th, April April 10th is coming up. You've got eight days. You've got a week. Where's wasn't wasn't where's there some science fiction thing that could go back in time eight days? So this is a point where. You can't get to the Secavia and you tell yourself, if only I knew a week before it was coming. Yeah. Well, this is the week before it's coming. And the reason we're, we're going to sort of expound and, and sort of extend this is, is because our L.A. is call carter. But next week, this is a real test. If you ride a bike or you want to get your friends out there or, as you say, you want to see parts of the city you never see because you're whizzing by too fast. It reminds me of something that Alex Samarian from uh, RideArc fame used to talk about. He's, he used to say that the city is kind of made, and uh, we're going to play a little clip of that. The city is kind of made for, for the car. You, you tend to see things that, um, if you were at a 20 to 35 mile pace through town, so they have to be big. It's not made for people walking. It's made big. Right now I'm looking over and seeing the big Circle K sign that's not doing anything but advertising the fact that the gas prices now are... Up to four dollars and beyond, and it and it's kind of weird because the last time I did this, it was four dollars. Well, we, another friend of ours is on the on the the dog and pony show. Let's see if we can't back it up. Oh, it says this button's unusable. Hold on, I'm going to go back a little, and here we go. It's Kill Radio. Thank you, thank you.
3: Um, I just want to say that how amazing this is. This is a dream come true. We we. I was part of the steering committee two years ago when we met in my cramped apartment living room and wondered how we were going to pull this off and the fact that it's happening today and we're able to celebrate it with all of you is amazing. Um, I also wanted to say that this is a, this is really a new turning point for cyclists in LA County. This is, this is going to bring all of the next generation of cyclists into safer streets in LA, and build lifelong cyclists, and make more advocates for safer streets. And this is really exciting for the LA County Bicycle Coalition to be collaborating with Ciclovía. So thank you very much. And thank you to the steering committee. Thank you to Colleen, Adonia, Bobby, Jonathan.
0: Thank you.
2: I, I love how these guys are addressing this. You know, you talk to the mayor, and it's always like one, one kind of person or one kind of thing, but they always bring up all the people in their group. But now we're going to go to the creator of the Ciclovia from Bogota, Colombia. Here he is, Jaime. Jaime
8: Ortiz Marinho,
1: advisor to the mayor of Bogota. And you
5: get more than a minute. Yay, Jaime! Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I just want to congratulate you, your administration, and the citizens of Los Angeles for starting this new process. This is a process. For me, this is very special because the circle closes. 40 years ago, I graduated from School of Architecture in Cleveland, Ohio, and I went back to Bogota with a load of knowledge learned here. Uh, Environmental uh, sensitivity, rights uh, I learned and I went through school in the middle of the crisis of American cities and I went back back to Bogotá to start something with all that knowledge acquired here and I was very lucky to find bicycle as a symbol of a whole new mentality I said this is the closure of a circle because I'm very proud very honored to be here 40 years later coming back up north with an idea that was born in Bogota, but that Los Angeles has uh, started, and I know Los Angeles is gonna change the trend in this process because with the personality of the city, with the citizenship of the city, with you, mayor, this is gonna be a new cyclovia. Bogota was strong, but you are, you're gonna change because the current city of the United States has entered this new space, and I know it's going to give a whole new personality. So I want to thank you, and I want to, uh, to send the message of the mayor and the citizens of Bogotá as hello for all of you, Angelinos, and I to, to wish you the best of luck in this process. Congratulations, and thank you.
0: Gracias.
4: A man of great ideas, a few words. Thank
1: you so much.
2: Uh, we are honored Who was here with us today? Uh, and that was Jaime, who uh, actually was the mayor in Bogota. Here, we're going to pause this for a second, circle. so I can tell you. He was the mayor in Bogota, and let me let me set the stage. Here, hold on a second. Setting the stage. Okay, Bogota is like run rifled, I guess, with drive-by shootings and violence and all this stuff most of which is revolving around the car. Now, while we don't have the same kind of uh, you know, rampant violence here, we have more cars. Um, they were finding that uh, everything was being committed by cars, whether it be a drive-by shooting or um, contraband being um, sort of... Uh, d- cars were taking over the streets and stuff. And so what they did is he said, well, I only have one term, what can I do? And he said, maybe this Sunday we'll make it car-free. And they said, what? Are you crazy? This isn't going to work. And so what he did is he said, yeah, we're going to block off the streets. And I I think he started with even less than seven miles. And he said, this zone is going to be just for families and stuff and just no cars, and people can come out and use it. Well, the kids immediately said, hey, this is great. The streets are blocked off. And kids doing what they do everywhere got out there with balls and, you know, toys and stuff, and you don't have to tell a kid twice that you can do whatever you want in the street, and that, that's really what turned a lot of them to say, hey, we can walk here, we can ride our bikes, and it, and it, was a, it wasn't just about uh, you know, bike people getting out there. It was everyone that Am- can utilize the streets, and in fact, that's what I, I've talked to some people, and they said, you know what, I don't think I'm going to ride my bike next time. I think I'm going to walk it. I really enjoy walking the streets of Los Angeles. That's my favorite thing to do. I know that uh, Ed Bagley's the same way. Everybody always thinks of him as being, like, the big electric vehicle guy or, or yeah. something. But he really likes to walk. He gets out there and he walks and he says, secondary, you know, he'll ride the bike or maybe the car and stuff. So I, I think it has to be with what – I mean, obviously, if I had to work in the Valley, I'm not going to – and I have to take all my equipment. I'm going to get my car running to do it. And, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, is that really an option? Well, I guess I could depend on other things. But I want to be responsible for what I'm doing. But conversely, after I get there and I'm doing it the same place every week – I'm going to start to look to alternatives. Sometimes it's just a matter of pre-conditioning people to to think longer than, oh, I got 10 minutes or an hour. How do I get there the fastest way? It's always like, well, I got an hour. I know that the bus is going to get me there as reliably as whatever. Do I have to carry a lot of equipment? Can I carry it on Metro? Or something. And these are the things that I usually do. Conversely, it always comes down to me just throwing more stuff on the bike and and getting a bigger basket. But... um, Sometimes I rethink that equation. Extra cycle.
1: You ever think about like a
2: big cargo bike? I have. I have thought about um, um, trailers and stuff. And in fact, um, for parking day, because we wanted to do a lot of it by bicycle, it seemed kind of uh, asinine to do all these things for parking day and the environment and stuff. And yet we're going to do it all with with cars and diesel and stuff. So we rethought the equation. And and one of the things was that the, the... the women from Cycle, I, God bless them, but but sometimes they make it. They they made it so easy, or seem so easy to build a, a a trailer. So I started on Monday and thinking it was going to be done like the next day. It took me up and until parking day on Friday to do this thing. And what, in fact, a kind of trailer, it, uh, a bamboo trailer. They have it on their site. Cycle. They have. A, Did they give you the bamboo? No, I I got the bamboo from somebody. It's not mm-hmm. like I had to go out and and whatever they call it, scavenge for bamboo. There was. I had bamboo and I had some parts, and I thought to myself, "Oh, this will take an hour." And they were teaching how to build. A they out had. Of, out I of had f- gone to one of their their uh, more than mass transportation days, and they had one of these step by step presentations, uh, PowerPoint presentations, and of course, I videotaped it, so I was able to stop it and c- and, and consult it. So it but became like a learning tool. But then I realized this is only if you're like one of these. What's the guy on on MacGyver. the PBS show? Yeah. Matt, yeah, not MacGyver. No, that's that's he, he takes tin cans yeah, and he'll make right, a trailer right. out of it. This was like, uh, you know, Norm Abrams or whatever the guy that's on this old house. It's like, well, okay. you you know, you want to get out there with these tools. It's like I felt like I had all the tools and information, but I, I was doing this from scratch. I'd never done it before. I think the next trailer I make will probably go a lot faster and stuff. And and I, I guess it's just a matter of wheelbase and, and distance and size. I, uh, is this up on their site, or do you have to go to It is job? on their site, so we, we could bring it up. But, but the reason I, I was doing the trailer was for one specific purpose. But I've noticed since then that I've used it on occasion. Uh, everybody says, well, it's bamboo. Won't it break apart? I think the reason it was breaking apart is uh, I did use it for uh, a production that uh, one of the boxes did. They did a car-free production where a lot of it was sustainable. First of all, they had to define sustainable, and a lot of that had to do with uh, re-examining how the film industry does things. They usually have a lot of trucks dedicated to uh, uh, every department. Every department has a truck. Every department is responsible for bringing all their equipment and stuff, and then you really think about it, and it's like, okay, if it's a Panavision thing with film... That means there's a case for every little component for your camera. So for them, they rethought it and said, you know, we're going to shoot digitally anyway. Let's, let's do this w- with that in mind. And we'll get back to this conversation uh, in a moment, Moore. but Nick's hey, got somebody on the Matthew phone.
1: Moore from Santa Monica Critical Mass. How are you doing, Matthew? Pretty good. How's everything uh, going over there? It's good. We're talking about, uh, what was it, bike trailers.
8: Oh, bike trailers. Oh, what kind of bike trailers are you guys talking about? A bamboo one. Oh, very nice. Oh, what's, what's that bike trailer? The Bob or something? What? Oh, I want to get one of those. I, I think it's called the Bob. The Bob? Bob, Bob trailer. Hmm, what's that? Oh, those the good ones. I think it's just a just a standard trailer. It's actually... I almost forgot about that. You guys are talking about trailers. That's a good trailer. Put all kinds of stuff in there. Okay.
2: Tell them it doesn't
1: just have it, to be about trailers. It doesn't just have to be about trailers,
8: though. We could talk about Critical Mass, too. Yeah, we'll talk about Critical Mass. Um, last night was awesome Critical Mass. We actually started out with, like, 30 people, but we picked up a whole lot of people along the way, just yelling at people. Pretty much how we gained, like, half the mass, which is great.
1: somebody's um, trying to make a left in this... So, um, okay, continue. Well,
8: uh, it was a lot of fun. Everyone had a lot of fun last night. I totally had a lot of fun. And uh, next month will be the one-year anniversary of uh, my, my doing of uh, Santa Monica Critical Math. So that one is going to be awesome.
1: Well, you've been, like, really dedicated to being there and making this happen for a year.
8: I've been dedicated to make sure that I'm there and people know that I'm there, but unfortunately I've been I've been having a hard time making it making it something that it should be. Should be way better. Should be way bigger. Should be hyped up. Should be spoke cards. Should be a awesome route. Where we do awesome things. We do awesome things, but it's all uh all spontaneous. Which <laughs> well, is great. But I'd like to I'd like to get it organized.
1: Yeah, tell me about it. So you're you're gonna um, are you gonna take steps towards that?
8: Well, yeah. Um, next month, I'm going to actually try to do some planning, some major planning to make sure it's awesome. Um, I was actually talking to um, there's a a local local bike advocacy advocacy ad advocacy. God mean. damn it! <laughs> I got it. Ad
1: Jesus. I know what you're talking about.
8: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna die over here. But I I'll do a work.
1: <laughs> Just too ad advocacy. Adv-
8: advocacy. There we go. Santa Monica spoke, which is a bicycle advocacy group in Santa Monica. And uh I actually I'm actually trying to figure out how I could get them uh involved involved with the ride because uh I think it's important to have a physical presence in the city and I think that's kinda of the whole point of uh having a critical mass to show that bicycles are there and um, they have a voice and we have people so I'm trying to get it
1: all worked out together so you're the start actually doing things for the city you're the only critical mass in Santa Monica right? I mean you are the Santa Monica critical mass yeah
8: this is Santa Monica critical mass
1: and Santa Monica is kind of a bike city
8: it is kind of a bike city they got the like the bronze medal or whatever for bike friendliness from uh, um, American League of Cyclists and Actually, a lot of people were like upset that they got that because they feel they didn't deserve it. But at the same time, they felt, oh, if we got a, a bronze medal, then maybe they'll try harder for the gold. But yeah. I don't think they've really been trying too hard. Um, it, it's pretty good, but um, I mean, everything can always be better.
1: Well, I think of it as being a, a good. Bike it's a park. great
8: it's a great city to bike in. But, yeah. You know, there's I mean, there's still like stuff that stuff that happens stuff, like, isn't enforced, drivers aren't enforced, I actually got hit coming back on the ride last night, because someone did, like, they pulled out past the crosswalk to make a left turn, but then they, so I was, like, I went behind them, and they decided, like, oh, I'm going to back up, they're, so, like, backed into
1: me, it was very confusing. Oh, yeah. yeah, that, so then, how did that resolve itself, did you have words? Oh, on? well,
8: they, they, like, hit me, and I almost ran into, like, a blue, a blue bus that was stopped on the corner, and then I just, like, I just kept on going because I I knew that it didn't hurt and it didn't damage me. It just, like, almost knocked me over, but, you know, I yelled it. I was just yelling backwards. I kind of just wanted to get home. I've got got much too much homework to be worrying about yelling at people.
1: So you're a student at
8: where? Santa Monica College.
1: Of what do you study? Hmm?
8: What what do you, what's your major? Oh, my major is uh, architecture.
0: Okay. Oh. Great.
8: Ah. Yeah. So that's what I was actually doing art before, but I switched over to architecture because it seems like a more practical thing to do, but also creative. So you're every first Friday. Every first Friday of the month at six thirty is when we meet, and then we leave at a seven o'clock ish. You know, someone usually uh, uh Hey, I'm gonna go. You go to the bathroom. Can you wait up? Uh, All right. So we live like seven ten. <laughs> and where do you meet? You
1: Meet at the
0: pier. Barely.
1: And we
8: meet at uh, there's the Santa Monica Pier, and it's a uh, there's like a bronze cannon on the right side of the entrance of the pier. It's at the top. I, I think there's like a couple of websites. I have to check out Bike Boom because someone told me that they had a uh, something different. They said it it just says Santa Monica Pier, so people get it seems to get pretty confused. Yeah. So. I, I don't know. I
1: need a, a siren or something to attract uh, I, I people. You know, do you know? Have you met Chicken Leather, Matthew? I have met Chicken Leather. He wants to ask you a question.
2: Here oh, all right. You, you know, being an architect student, are you re looking at this? Are you re looking? Are you re examining the city with any kind of new eyes? Are you looking for things like, hey, I'm I'm seeing the city, but how can I improve it not only for cyclists, but maybe it's like a. a, a a full, uh, you know, a double-edged kind of sword. If you improve it for cyclists, you're also improving it for right. Just um, kind of everyone. The car. Do, do, have you seen things where, like, hey, this used to be an old gas station. What if it was like a dual-use thing? Maybe there'd be free air for not only bicyclists but but cars. I mean, it right. doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be one of those things that you always have to throw a quarter into or something.
8: Right. I'm I'm still kind of like uh in my like general ed phases of architecture, so uh-huh. I'm not like into it that much. So what what's general ed consist of? Uh, a whole lot of math. Wow. Huh? <laughs> calculus courses. English yet? literature. Well, I have to get up to calculus. I actually placed a not so great in my my math, so I have to I have to go through a number of classes to get there. Uh-huh. But I mean, yeah. I mean, I I see the city, and I mean, I don't think you have to even know anything about architecture to see, like, well, you know, I don't, I don't think this is, uh, I don't think it's right. It seems pretty inefficient. Like yeah. Even uh, even the streets have, like, a grid system. I think uh, if there were some diagonal streets, I think that would be really nice.
2: But, you that, know. That's a great kind of thing, because when I was going with somebody in a car the other day, I was relating this story earlier, we were, you naturally want to go, like, oh, what's, the least amount of turns. And I'm right. just the opposite now being on a bike. It's like, I'll find the fastest way there even if we have to make five turns. But we'll get exactly. there just as fast. And some people in cars go, oh, I hate making turns. Oh, yeah, make me make a turn. Like, I do this all the time on a bike and it's fun. <laughs> and, and they look at you like, well, we're in a car. It's a lot different. And you know,
8: and go,
0: what? No, <laughs> yeah, it's still it's a turn.
8: Actually, it seems pretty difficult to, to like make turns in a car because uh, I think when you're on a bike, you kind of just, flow around everywhere, and it's just just really natural, and it doesn't seem like, oh, like, one block of a street seems sort of like, oh, like, okay, I've got to go up this block, but when you're a car, you're you're going, like, 40 miles an hour, you, like, pass
2: pass blocks, you know, constantly. I equate it to, to like, uh, a flock of birds now when I'm with a group of bicyclists, because you can turn at a minute's notice, almost like a swarm, but you're not swarming like insects, but you're kind of... Riding with with the waves, the curves, and and if you have a good crowd, I don't know if you do it on your curl class You announce right. that if there's a road hazard coming up, like there's there's rough road coming up or there's a bo- pot.
8: Yeah, people kind of see it and then float around
2: it. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm curious, um, are you is your are you going to be doing more environmental architecture, or are you going to just be like doing? Some um, sort of- I'm
8: actually kind of leaning towards environmental architecture, mm-hmm. just because um, that's just kind of what I'm interested in. I mean. I think it was just sort of like a natural thing. I never thought like I would just be kind of doing architecture to be doing architecture. Yeah. I thought like, well, if I'm going to be doing something, it, it's going to be something that actually makes sense because, I mean, I don't really see how people can just like live unsustainably.
0: Yeah.
2: I, I think I, it
8: seems like an obvious thing to
2: do. You bring up the math part. I, I'm thinking of all the algebra I took that was really boring about... You know, a train leaves Baltimore at such a time when it gets there. But nowadays, I have to admit, a lot of my math is coming in useful when I have applied kind of the bike equation to it. It's like chicken leather leaves kill radio. He has to get (laughs) to the bike oven, which is 7.2 miles away. If he leaves here at 1257, traveling at this certain rate of speed, what time will he get to the bike oven? and then of course it's always wrong because i stop and i get stories on the way or or something like that but it it's the same kind of applied knowledge you know um, your car gets so many miles per gallon how many times should you be filling it up before you get to your destination or something like this it, it's funny because we always think of math as being an abstract but nowadays with the price of gasoline and and knowing how yeah. much coins are in your pocket and you have so many coins and they have to add up to 425 I, I usually sort of succumb to the fact that I don't even add anymore. I just say, okay, Metro Pass is 150, gas is 405, and i got a bicycle that doesn't demand any of this. I think I'm taking the bicycle. And even yeah. if I get a flat tire, <laughs> I'm going to get there faster than anything else. So Yeah, yeah, especially uh, all, right. with all well, the traffic. The other thing that I noticed out at Santa Monica College, because I've got you on the phone is uh-huh. um, they have a program. Do you have your, your student card? So now you can get on buses for free, right? Yeah, you can get on buses for free. I, I don't
8: really remember when I implemented that, but yeah, it's pretty great. Do, do you use the bus a lot? Or, are you... Well, I don't use it a lot because it's actually pretty inefficient.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of those programs
2: that they sort of mention you can do, but you,
8: you know, blue moon kind of thing. Huh? It'd, be, it'd be great uh, if, if the the buses like actually did their job but they they really do not hold on to their schedule like it's literally the bus that goes to my house the number nine mm-hmm. which goes to like Santa Monica to Palisades right. um it's it's like really popular kind of like in the morning when people are getting like shipped in like maids and stuff to go like clean people's houses in the Palisades but if you kind of go at nighttime there's no one really riding it and sometimes they won't even come like, one time I waited for two hours Two per
2: hours. Bus. Yeah. Wow, I think I think you've gotten to the point where your bicycle is gonna be the fastest way there regardless. I think
8: my feet might be faster
2: than the bus actually. Ah. Well well yeah. now we've gotten to the other thing where I, I was I, I joke with people that I can pace the bus or pace the, the train sometimes. And and people are just saying, Oh, you're lying but when you realize it has to make stops and and sometimes it's on a hour by hour schedule. Right. You it's definitely it more, more efficient,
8: efficient to yeah. not ride the bus and ride your bike or even
2: skate. I'm curious. You you bring up the point with uh, things like Santa Monica Critical Mass, and you said you had more fun. Do, do you equate that into the equation the fun factor i know the that fun I'm, always, factor. I'm always talking about things like and people always say well what do you why do you have to bring up thunderstorm why, why do you have to talk more about music and stuff and I'm saying well this this sort of well rounds you I, i'm i'm thinking the art rides too it's it's the idea that if you're going to converse with people um you want to seem well-rounded usually of the opposite sex because if it's Friends with you, you you tend to drink and smoke a lot. But it, with other friends, you you want to have something of a of a thing. Have you found that your your kind of conversational skills have improved now that you've been on Critical Mass, or are they uh, sort of Yeah, probably.
8: I guess I'm not not exactly the most social person, but yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I, I, I kind of talk to everyone because everyone everyone just like naturally introduces themselves, and in they yeah. the, It's sort of a smaller group than like a, like one of the larger ones. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think bikes are just great. They're, they're definitely like really social because you're outside the box, you know, outside of the outside of the metal, the metal and glass box.
0: Matthews, like when I
8: when I'm just running around town, like I'll I'll see people and I'm like oh like wave to them. But when you're kind of in cars and i kind of driving the same same color car and they've got like tinted windows and you can't really see who's who. So it's, it's like it's kind of a different thing. It's like you're outside, but they're inside.
1: Um, Matthew this is Nick again I'm, I'm just oh. I'm just thinking it's uh, ironic that you're you describe yourself as not being social but you're the you're the organizer <laughs> of a social ride
8: yeah I know that I guess that's kind of funny but I just I just know that uh, definitely in high school I didn't really have uh, too many friends it's just because I I don't know I don't really like how a lot of people act and stuff but, hmm. I mean I'm 21 now and I like don't drink <laughs> that's like kind of what I mean by not right, social people. Right. Well, to stay away from peer pressure and stuff
2: wait, wait, wait. You, hold on do you have to drink to be social or
0: are you
8: no you don't have to drink to be social to but drink. you know
2: like, a, <laughs> I think
8: drinking is definitely a very social thing though. Uh-huh. It's definitely true okay
2: I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot and before we wrap this up and just ask you a question you, you can answer it or you can just sort of say I take the fifth on this right, um, go for it have you ever
8: drank and rode your bike? Uh, no, I haven't drank and rode my bike. Oh, that's, that's good.
6: That's good.
2: Now, do, do you think that if you had the choice between getting home on a bicycle or getting home fast in a car after you drank, which one would you really choose?
0: <laughs>
8: <laughs> well, well, the thing is, I don't really think you should do any of them. It's probably a call a friend, but if you had to do it, I suppose a uh, suppose bike would probably be better because if you're going to, Hurt anyone for your actions? which you know you shouldn't be drinking, riding, or biking? At least you're probably just gonna hurt yourself instead of hurting someone else.
2: All right, I think the gold star is gonna go to you today for the, for this one. But it, we don't—they don't give gold stars out in college, do they? Maybe they should. <laughs> Maybe they should. Okay. Well, once again, your your critical mass was last night, but it's coming up again. When?
8: Uh, let me see, that it would be May... May 6th. May, May 6th. 6th. Well, and that a will one. be one year anniversary, and it
2: will be awesome. To, being the one year anniversary, are you going to be baking cakes or cupcakes or something, or are you going to stop or have a party somewhere?
8: Or, or? I'm, I'm open to all ideas. Uh, I'm funders- definitely going definitely to try to make a legitimate route, maybe have some food stuff, because uh, the thing that we were talking about with uh, Santa Monica Stoke is Mm-hmm. Because uh, like downtown businesses and SMPD have kind of been against us. I don't really know why. Maybe because we are like disrupting traffic. I'm not really sure, but um, I would like to show that, uh, like, we're here and we're not we're not enemies. We're friendly people. So we'll probably stop at like a local ice cream shop or restaurant, get some food or something, some outside place. Mm-hmm. And we'll then, figure yeah, it out, but it, there will definitely be some fun
2: stuff happening. I'm thinking if you if you do this in advance, you probably could even talk to some local businesses. I'm sure they'd enjoy yeah. the, the idea that they're, you're bringing in commerce to a place in this economical climate that would otherwise yeah, exactly. not have anything. And, yeah, exactly. And I, personally, I've gone to places. In fact, this week, um, everybody thinks that I'm, I'm just made of money. But I took my <laughs> friends over to uh, the bike district. And uh-huh. first of all, they were, they were amazed not only by the fact that there were so many people on the street in, in L.A., that was the first thing. They said, this is like a European city. And I said, why? And they said, well, people are seem to be at ease, they're not ducking, and there weren't a lot of cars. And I said, well, if that's how you evaluate, yes, I guess we're getting to that point. But the other thing was, we went and ate at Pure Luck and had something to drink, and I'm not, I'm not saying that everything should be vegan or vegetarian or anything but um, we were drinking and it's, it was It was great and it, it was like I think she enjoyed it not being a bike rider or anything right. but then all my bike rider friends showed up and it was kind of like holding court or something so it was a different kind of a, a equation but what I'm trying to say is that uh, it, it, it It improved everybody's reality in a sense so, anyway, okay. I'm going to pass the phone back to Nick here
1: all right. All right. Well, I, I guess I'm just gonna say thank you, and um, what, we've got another call coming from uh, somebody who did a, the, the the BC Calista's uh, medical workshop for Ciclovia. Are you gonna no, be at Ciclovia?
8: Cool. Uh, oh, that's that's when they're opening up this like seven miles of street, right?
1: Yeah.
8: I hear there's gonna be a crank mob sort of uh, water gun ride. Oh.
0: oh yeah. Oh, so
8: that, that may be uh, super fun. I I may have to be there. Yeah. All right, well,
1: uh, well thanks for I, having me on. All right, I, um, well, so next First Friday, one month from last night, Santa Monica beer at the Bronze Cannon for the, the awesome Santa Monica. Awesome, it was awesome,
8: yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. right. Thanks,
2: Matthew. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Well, that, w- that was great. Yeah. I, it, it's kind of funny because uh, being part of Los Angeles, I always had to make a choice about the First Friday uh because as we know, that used to be uh, traditionally uh, the night that uh, ride arc used to go out, and uh, it, it was always funny because I always thought, "Hey, Alex, why don't you in- include Santa Monica and stuff?" He says, "Oh, well, if you really have to make a choice, you'll be on my ride." And I said, "Well, why don't we? Why don't we? You know, be like bike people and kind of join it all together?" And he kind of looked at me like I was I was talking crack or something <laughs> like this ain't ever going to happen. But i I've, I've actually done it with other things. I've told people you know, we're going to start out on this ride and we're going to go to Santa Monica for the Santa Monica Creek Mass. And they looked at me like, Santa Monica's far. I'm going, not, f- not the way I ride. It's going to be really nice and you're going to enjoy the ride. And I said, so mm-hmm. it's either distance and enjoy or speed, you'll be sweaty and you'll hate me. And if you, if you give that mm-hmm. equation, like we could stop and get coffee, get, get a bite, re-energize, rest for a minute and then keep going on. I think everybody thinks that you have to do the road or the mileage. And I, I, I learned this from driving. that that you the road will be there always it's just how much you're going to enjoy it if there's girls and stops and drinks and things you're going to enjoy it more and having said that last week everybody was amazed that I rode from uh, Highland Park to Los Angeles to the west side and back and I said well you know I didn't do it all in one drop it wasn't like 40 or 50 miles all at one sitting and I said it was cool out too because everybody thought it was going to rain and it didn't rain There was good cloud cover, but what was really enjoyable was the fact that I had a lot of great vegetables. I I had a whole bunch of apples from the protest march early that day that nobody ate. It was kind of weird. Everybody ate the chips and all the bad stuff, and there was just this stack of apples. And I said, what are you doing with them? And they said, I don't know. I guess we're going to throw them out. And I said, can I throw them out for you? Ha, ha, ha. So anyway, Nick's got a phone call.
1: Yeah, I just also wanted to give a shout-out to Hassan. Jamal in Echo Park, who's listening and on Facebook. Okay. Um, I think this is Alex Thompson.
2: Alex. Mr. Thompson. Hi. How you doing?
1: Good man. How are you?
4: I'm good. What are you guys talking about today? What are we talking about?
2: Well, we're we're talking about we're talking two about things. About uh, Santa Monica critical mass. Santa Monica critical mass, and we're also talking about the fact that. Uh, can uh, you hear me? Yet? He can't hear you through the. He can't hear me through so this. Okay. Want to talk to him? Uh, you know, the the president was on the air on Wednesday. Oh yeah. And he and he kind of told us that we're addicted to oil? Or was that the last president? Or was that the president before? No, here, I, I got something I wanted to here, well, you know, when, people are, when people are addicted
4: to things, like, sometimes people who want them to get clean just scream at them, you're addicted to this, you're addicted to this, which doesn't really help the addict to actually get clean. It just makes them stressed out, right?
0: Like
4: He's like the, the umpteenth president in a row to tell us we're addicted to oil, but then didn't do anything about it.
1: Um, so the things to do about it are things like cyclovia.
4: I think that, um, yeah, I think, like, I think people are going to quit driving and get them bicycling and walking despite the government, but not because of the government. Like, the government has presented more of an obstacle than they have helped, and even just get them out of the way, <laughs> you know, like, get them to stop putting cyclists and stuff.
1: But and yet you're getting into politics.
4: Yeah, well, part of getting rid of the obstacles is uh-huh. is having people in power that can get rid of obstacles, you know. Uh huh.
1: And and I, but what I did call you specifically to talk about is um, the the bike plan implementation team meeting. That uh, are you? Do you have anything to do with the the there's something on bike side? Yeah. Um,
4: Absolutely. Well, the article on Bikeside is by Max Person, who is a new volunteer for us. He's a pretty hard worker. He's been working, like, 20, 30 hours a week on this stuff.
1: And um, So Bikeside is your, is your blog?
4: Bikeside is my organization, you could say, and, uh, and we have a blog, BikesideLA.org. And so Max and I have been uh, formulating our talking points, our position, for the bike plan implementation team. Which is just a group that's implementing all the stuff that was uh, agreed to in the bike. So it's a group of of uh, the government agencies, and then some of the advocacy groups, and then some independents who are all sort of supervising this and advising the implementation process. And um, and if something stinks, we're going to call it out and say it
1: stinks. You know, mm-hmm. so that's our role. So you. So you guys are going uh, to their next meeting in April of this month, and you're going to make some suggestions.
4: Yeah. So, in the spirit of maybe government actually having a positive influence, we're trying to get this bike plan implementation process to move forward really fast, and we're going to make uh, we have three big
2: suggestions. Three One suggestions.
4: Two, three suggestions. Okay. Three, well, well, four, I
2: guess. I, I'm I guess. reading four here on the site, and you're you're telling me three, so. Well,
4: I'll give you four. Okay. Uh, The three that should be in there in in that blog are comprehensive and competitive education program. So right now, we don't have a real education program for motorists and cyclists. So nobody knows what they're supposed to be doing. So we can just let them figure it out on the road, or we can actually proactively try to educate everybody about what their role is on the road and what's legal, what's not, and how we can be respectful of one another. So that's the first suggestion. Okay. Okay. second suggestion, second and third suggestion are two projects that we want to move forward. Um, The first is to take Venice Boulevard and finish making it a bikeable boulevard entirely. So if you're familiar with Venice Boulevard, there's a bike lane almost from the beach. It actually stops a half mile before the beach. and It goes all the way to just before Crenshaw. But that final segment from Crenshaw to downtown and that final half mile to the beach aren't done. So we'd like to take that eight mile Eight and a half mile um, boulevard, or, or you know, it's sort of like a bike corridor. It's one of the biggest bike corridors in the city. If you're ever out there in the summer, it's just people in swimsuits going up and down all the time on bikes. We want to just extend it, make it go all the way from the west side to downtown. It'll give access to people from South LA and downtown and Northeast LA will have access to the beach continuously by bike, and it'll give people from West LA a clear route downtown. I think it'll be a great corridor. So that's like our number two suggestion Okay, and that's actually going to be discussed for like 45 minutes on Tuesday and the
1: meeting so that, um, that would mean just extending the bike lane
4: well where possible it's, it looks like there's going to be sections where it's physically or politically infeasible to extend the bike lane and in which case then it's time to start talking about other ways we can make it safe so like heavy duty enforcement efforts along that route heavy duty education efforts and uh, maybe
2: some sheriffs would... Did, did I hear you correctly? You used the word physically infeasible. You're sounding like Michelle Mowry here.
4: Uh, okay, well, then don't let me sound like Michelle Mowry.
2: No, no I, but what I want to ask, though, is yeah. you're talking about Venice. Uh, I know that when I go from here to the west side, sometimes I'll deliberately take Venice for ways and, and still ride these streets. I mean, I still get downtown, but I'll I'll have by that time realized that Venice is, I'm not going to get downtown any faster than if I maybe turn left to get more downtown by going over to Olympics or something. So I've created my own route. I'm thinking going the opposite way towards the west side. Sometimes it's better to hop on that, what is it, the Bologna Creek kind of Bayona. thing? Bologna
4: kind of... Biona, well, for, number one with Biona and any bike path is that yeah. they're not 24-hour facilities. Like, you're not going to ride Biona Creek at night, especially if you're not going to ride it if you're a smaller woman instead of a bigger man. You know what yeah, I mean? Okay. Like, so you so think like, it,
2: gets, it gets hinky around all these things at night?
4: Yeah. And so the one thing is we want a 24-hour thing. Oh, the other so thing you're is, talking- yeah.
2: Like maybe something like the new section that they did over by L.A. River where it's all lit up all the time with solar things so you don't have to worry about the wire being ripped out or anything
4: like that. Yeah, but even with so that, maintained. most people won't ride those streets at night because they're isolated, right? Like yeah. if you can ride Venice Boulevard and there's people around, you know, that's a lot different than riding a lit boulevard where there's nobody around. I mean, down here in West L.A., uh, Biona Creek is used by the Culver Boys, Culver City Boys. Oh. To do drug trafficking. So, like, you really don't want to be out there at night unless you're with Taco Tuesdays and eighty other riders.
2: Yeah, know? that's. It's funny you should say that because I just was out there on a Saturday night with Taco Tuesday guys. Right. And even though it was the wrong day, they, they say, "Well, you, you won't want to ride this." And in fact, coming back, I did take Venice, and Venice represented or posed some really nice kind of uh, landscape getting from where I was, but I I only went just a little bit past the 405. I never thought about even going further
4: out that way. Well, I, I, when I come out, when I go say West side to downtown, I'll take Venice all the way up to La Brea. And then I jog over on La Brea to Pico. And I take Pico the last distance into downtown. And I just find Pico to be a much, I'll take the lane on Pico, but the lights are kind of such that I just find Pico to be a better ride. What, you could do that and say, oh, we're going to make Pico great. But if you do that, then you have a great street and a not-so-great street in Venice. But if you make Venice great, then you have a good option at Pico and a great option. So my question is to you is, do you want a good and a great? Do you want a choice between good and great, or do you want a choice between great and not great? You know, great and poor.
2: Okay, so, I'm, I'm going to say, like Joe Linton, aren't we a big enough city that we get
4: it all? That's, well, so, but that's the point. If you already have a good option in one location it's better to take a, a, a place that's not good, a, a poor option, and turn it into a great option, rather than take that good option. Because then you have a, at the, at the end of that process, if you take a poor option and change it into a great option, you've already got the other option, which is good. You've got a great option and a good option at the end of the process. If you take a good option and improve it and don't do anything to the poor option, now you've got great and poor. So great and good is better, particularly because you want to have choices. Like, Pico won't always make sense for you. Venice won't always make sense for you. So you need choices. Just like cars have choices to get across the city, we need to have choices.
2: Yeah, You're going to get to the other points now.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. So I, okay. No,
2: we did that, and we're, okay. we're sorry. No, everybody's sorry. We're all very, very sorry. I'm
4: sorry. Uh, we're all sinners, you know, what have you. <laughs> no, uh... The other, so the other project we want to do is Sepulveda, and these are a little west side heavy, but we want to do some stuff in South LA and in the Valley too. Um, and the reason we want to do Sepulveda is because if you finish that Venice facility, you now have 14 miles of Venice, and we want to do Sepulveda from Venice to Santa Monica Boulevard because in Santa Monica Boulevard, we already have 1.8 miles in LA that's done, and we already have about a mile and a half that's done in West Hollywood. And in between, there's a gap in Beverly Hills, but what people may not know is that Beverly Hills is probably going to do something in 2012. So soon, we'll have about six miles of bike facility on Santa Monica Boulevard going all the way from Sepulveda to West Hollywood. So if you then do the Sepulveda piece that connects down to the the Venice Boulevard, you now have a way from people from Hollywood to access the beach without having to leave a facility the entire way. And you have the same option for UCLA. So it's a way to connect Hollywood and UCLA to the beach. And it's a way to, and it's only 2.9 miles. So then we have a big piece of network. And so our philosophy at Pikeside is like, we don't, doing a 10 mile project is good, but if you can do a 2 mile project to connect to 8 mile projects, that has more synergy. You want to, we want to close the gaps. And that's one of those gaps that's perfect.
2: All right, I'm going to let you get to the other point, but I wanted to interject here that after seeing something like Tokyo, where there was no gas and everything, and and, uh, I I wasn't here for the last big earthquake. I was in a foreign country, and then when I came back, they said, you know, the 405 is broken up, and they're working around the clock to get it done, because they look at this as like a a vital artery for commerce and all this other thing. They were projecting how much they save. I'm thinking if, if there is no whatever, they'll still be the availability of bikes for this and we're seeing this in japan now where even the most horrible road can still be navigated with a bike even before it's cleared out um this well would that's be why a, we like this would be a great kind of thing to have as a backup to the car network because nobody's going to be able to get gas unless they wait in a long line i know a lot of my friends are going to just say screw that i'm taking my bicycle so it becomes almost like a an emergency kind of thing. I, I don't think we've ever looked at it like that, but if you have a viable bike bikeway to get somewhere, this is like an emergency artery in an
4: emergency. Well, You're Max Burson, who wrote this piece, has been talking about the fact that the 405 is being shut down here in West L.A. And what people don't realize, when we went out to the Valley to talk about Wilbur Avenue, and they complained about congestion, I was kind of laughing inside because they don't have real congestion over by Wilbur Avenue. They got to come to the west side and see what it's like on Sepulveda during rush hour. And now we're going to have the 405 closed. The west—you're not going to want to drive a car through West LA in the evening ever for the next year. And Max's point was like, well, this is the perfect time to get people on bikes because they're going to—they're not people who want to drive two miles to the grocery store aren't going to be able to do it. And so this is our opportunity to say, hey, you know, if you're riding a bike, this trip would take you one third as long. So
1: let, so, let me just. Clarify this in my head here. So people are going to take from Hollywood, they're going to go down to Santa Monica in 2012.
4: In in 2012, if we do Sepulveda and we make sure that Beverly Hills, if we do this section of Sepulveda and we make sure that we do this section and we make sure that Beverly Hills does this section of Santa Monica in 2012, you would be able to, you would have to get out of Hollywood into West Hollywood on your own, but then you would be able to pick up a facility in West Hollywood, ride that, all the way to Sepulveda and Santa Monica Boulevard. Drop down Sepulveda Boulevard at, to Venice Boulevard and take Venice Boulevard all the
1: way to Venice Beach. And then Venice Beach is going to be like the the most important place in, in the world. <laughs> in the summer, it's always the most important it place. Is,
4: in, the, in the winter, nobody goes there.
1: <laughs> it's sad. No, no.
4: So, but it's just like we got we to gotta have like when you're – what we ultimately want, right? It's like when you're in Hollywood, you want to be able to say – Oh, here's my route to get to San Pedro. Here's my route to get to North Hollywood. Here's my route to get to downtown, and here's my route to get to Venice. And that's so that's what we're trying to do. Is like, okay, let's. This one is like we're just being opportunistic. We can do only 2.9 miles and solve a problem.
2: This, this sounds a lot like Ron Milan tried to do something years ago, and I, I'm sure he did it with a, like a bike path, bike shareo kind of thing where where he could, you could. Somebody could guide you once, and then after you get the path, you're going to be willing to do it again. I always thought that they've been trying to develop Compton Creek along those same lines, but like you say, it it gets to be like, you know, I've ridden it with a group. Am I going to really ride it by myself? And I'm thinking once you get to a point where it's safe enough to ride by yourself, maybe you will take Venice. And I'm thinking the next step would be to light it. The next step would be to make it. We'll try to get paint first, but then we'll try to get something that... Not so much an elevated bike lane, but a separate bike lane or, or something.
4: Like, one thing is we're all, the three of us are all warriors. We're like road warriors. We went out there and figured it out on our own, and our friends did it. You know, I like, I remember Ron Durgan teaching me routes. I remember Andrea Clemens teaching me routes. I remember Orlando, the messenger, teaching me routes. And so we take some convoluted routes. But the next generation of cyclists are going to be people that don't know other cyclists, and they're going to need to have really easy routes that are really easy to remember. Like, they can't be making 12 turns to get from Hollywood to downtown. They need to make two turns to get from Hollywood to downtown. So that's why we need, like, really long, straight corridors that you
2: can navigate. Mm -hmm. Because
4: that's what, if it's not simple, people aren't going to do it.
2: Yeah, well, we've talked more about... The roads themselves, what about signage to get to these things? I know that now I have to remember where to turn to get to Bologna Creek. Do you think they'll ever make some signs, or is this a DIY project where I just have to go out there, make them look the same color, and people think that the city put them up?
4: Well, you remember that guy put that uh, sign up on the 5? Absolutely.
2: That's what I'm referring to. Yeah, the artist, and he did it
4: so well that they didn't take it down? Yeah. I think, um, you know, in, in San Francisco, they do some pretty radical stuff, but they kind of have the endorsement of the city where mm-hmm. they mark potholes and so forth. So, you know, I don't see a reason why we can't do DIY, but yeah, down the line, we need some signage.
0: Right. right.
2: I, I think that we're, I'm looking at doing, um, well, talking and, and doing some art and stuff with uh, um, the people at, um, at Caltrans who, who are responsible for some of the signage, and they've done some, good work they're trying to I, I'm looking at it like one less car one more bike person is you know less congestion you're going to take that your car is going to move a little bit better and stuff yeah here's Nick again
1: <laughs> hey Alex so uh, I just wanted to get to the was that what number of, the,
2: of your oh that
4: was three the fourth one is Insider Baseball which is uh, the B-Pit like pick the top ten list of projects to focus on next and and when I say the B Pit picked it, it really was a handful of people that, that were prepared to submit a top ten list. And other people, such as BikeSide, we didn't know that that was going to happen. We were sort of ambushed. So yeah. we we took a look at the top ten list, and we think that it's way off base, and that we need to revise it. Um, this top ten list of projects that, that they're going to look look at at B Pit, every project but one starts within five miles of downtown. So it's a very downtown-centric list. Yeah. And it leaves out the valley, it leaves out the west side, it leaves out south L.A. And so from our point of view, there's just not enough geographic equity. And so, like, we want to get on top of it right now and fix it because, you know, right now it's just not fair.
1: And BPIT is the Bicycle Plan Implementation Team. That's right. And the meeting will be? Tuesday, 2 p.m. in uh, City Hall, uh,
4: office 721 which is the city planning division
1: and if people can't make it on april 5th then what was there is there a second chance for them
4: well there's it's always going to be the first tuesday so there'll be whatever it is in may it'll be in may as well um but of course we're going to blog it and if you ever want to help us with it we're into it um we, we do call sheets and we go out and we call everybody and say this is what we're interested in and Okay,
1: well, and so this is Alex Thompson from Bikeside LA and, yep. and
4: Bikeside. You can get a hold of me by writing contact at BikesideLA.org.
1: Great. Thanks, Alex, for, yeah. for illuminating all that for us. Now, are you
4: guys going to Cyclavia? Uh, Yeah. <laughs>
1: what are you guys wearing?
4: What are we wearing?
1: Oh, I'm wearing <laughs> my, probably my Cyclovia T-shirt from last time.
2: You're beginning to sound like old girlfriends, you know? It's like, <laughs> what, what are you wearing, you know? <laughs> what are you wearing now? Are you going to Crank mop? Actually, I uh, is that tonight?
4: No, crank mob is going to be a cyclovia.
2: Oh, I heard about that. Somebody was making a rumor they're all going to get wet and stuff. So I it's guess will be a wear, water gun ride. Yeah, I'm going to wear white with stripes underneath so you can see my underwear. See? <laughs> 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 no, I mean, come on. I, it's it. This is probably a springtime Ciclavia, so I'm thinking uh, more warm tones. Not to get all Oprah on you, but I'm thinking uh, <laughs> some some uh, some nice summer colors. I uh, want to be visible, but not too visible, and I'm, I'm going to try and make... See, everybody, and that's what I was trying to say, everybody was saying that the mayor was going to come out for the last cycle the in, in all spandexed out and stuff, and I'm going, why should he? It's just a simple ride with his family, and, and he, in fact, didn't stay for the whole thing. He had to go to his daughter's thing, and I, and I thought to myself, that's how it should be. You don't have to ever get... Dressed up for a bike ride. I mean, it's it's more advantageous for you doing a hundred miles to be in spandex. But let's be honest. Yeah. If you're if you're if I'm going on one of these rides or whatever, I usually dress how I'm going to go there when I get there. And I and I'm saying a lot of it. People say is well, you know, it's going to rain, so you throw a coat that's rain worthy or maybe a slicker. You know, it's like well, it's going to be a formal thing. Okay, well, I won't wear the heavy suit jacket. I'll just sort of throw that in the bag and have like a windbreaker or one one of those. You know, funny car shirts or something, so you know that people can see me. But it's still that I think a lot of it has to do with the visibility on the road too. For me, I try to wear lighter colors at night and during the day. You know, sometimes kind of a half and half kind of thing. So, but, but I, I've, gone th- I've gone through three or four tweed jackets.
4: You don't have
6: like good. a chicken
4: suit or or yeah. like a, a bear suit in your in your closet, but you know oh, you absolutely.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, being in the film industry, everybody has the the prerequisite. They get passed out the free uh, ape suit.
4: Oh, I just thought like I thought you were a Freemason. Don't the Freemasons <laughs> always have like yeah. wizard outfits and stuff?
2: Yeah, and then in the other closet, I have the Tardis and the and the time machine. So <laughs> just just because you got to go back on, you know, if, if people want to find out the roots of stuff, it's like it's they don't they don't believe anything in the internet. You have to actually show them, which means. Getting the prerequisite. What is it? The two pounds of plutonium that generate one point. Yeah, well, giga- Scientology, <laughs>
4: Scientology. is our number one, you know, contributor over here, at
2: the so. Well, that's that's fantastic. I, I noticed that we are <laughs> not riding a lot of DeLorean time machines anymore. We're we're I, I'm the first generation that wants to get to a, a bicycle time machine. So,
4: dude, I'm gonna just I'm gonna have some. Uh, you know those Vibram Five Finger shoes, the Ninja <laughs> shoes you can make those into time machines. You just have to be able to run 88.8 miles
2: yeah. an hour. Yeah, now, see, that's that's the one that, that was put forward by, by uh, the Michael J. Fox and all those other things. I don't think time really has to be transcended that fast. You don't have to get into DeLorean <laughs> and tear You're people up. You're a
1: stuff. slow time kind of guy? I,
2: I think, you know, we, we talk about time machines as being things that have to go fast and they're all glitzy and stuff. I, I think that in some respects, a time machine can be... As simple as uh, an old Raleigh, you know, touring bike that uh, you might want to put some Tweet on and and go with the Cycle Girls. In my book, that's real time travel. If if you've ever seen some of those women out on those rides, you realize, wow, maybe they did have it right back in the 1940s. They all get gussied up and they're drunk before, you know, 2 in the afternoon. You realize, hey, they had something going on there. (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, Alex. All right, guys. Thank you nice for talk calling, to you. And we're going to get to our, our, our next little thing. Uh, thank you. And
5: uh, ride safely. See you out
2: there at Ciclevia. See
4: yeah, you at
1: So I said I would call Dr. Michael Kahn back.
2: Okay, we're gonna we're gonna call Dr. Kahn back. And in, in the meantime, uh, you're listening to uh, Bike Talk here on Kill Radio and the podcast on KPFK. And um, want to remind you once again, if you hadn't heard already, Cyclovia is next Saturday. This would be the day to go out there and not ride, but uh, maybe, and I'm using a car equation, kick the tires, not to kick them just because you don't like them or kick them so hard they go out of true, but uh, just make sure that they're nicely inflated. Also, uh, that... uh, There's air, you have, uh, I like to say, follow the ABCs of of bike maintenance, which is air in the tires. Uh, B, check the brakes, make sure you can stop. If you don't have brakes, make sure that- Can you hear me? You know how to do it. And we're gonna get to our next call. Maybe,
7: you want to try a different line, a different number? No, this is good, Uh, we're actually on the air. Okay, hi, my name, are we on the air? Yes. Good. (laughs) I have some good news um, about bicycle-friendly universities. Good. Well, the League of American Bicyclists has this program where they award cities and universities now, this is the first year that they've awarded to universities, a, a distinction of being bicycle-friendly. Hmm. And UCLA has been awarded a bronze award in that category. And well, that's, that's great news. That's good. <laughs> so from now on, cycling is ever so much better. In and around UCLA, because of the the metal, because of the metal, yes. <laughs> you you have the metal, and that makes everything much better, doesn't it?
1: Uh, well, like in the Wizard of Oz, that was all. Yes, dark. exactly. <laughs> Are you being? It's, uh, a... Of course, it's,
7: um, we we speaking in tongue in cheek, but it it does it it is a good beginning, you know, in a sense, because yeah. when you when you when 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 a, when an institution which is not very bike friendly, by the way, um, in real life um g- 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 applies for such a distinction and it, g- it gets such a distinction then a the process has started you know well, they're kind of hooked now they want to go to the next level
1: had the, i just had this exact same conversation with matthew moore who does the santa monica critical mass about santa monica's bronze medal
7: absolutely that was the process and alex thompson whom we just heard on the phone um was very instrumental in kind of um Directing the the anger against that that, that award in, into into something that is now a process, you know. Hmm.
1: What what is the process that came?
7: There is now a pro, you, now we have a process where the city is taking cycling a bit more serious, and and things are going to happen, you know. We have a constituency to work with, it. and the same thing is maybe hopefully are going to happen at UCLA. Where of course many things are still very difficult for cyclists, but now that this um, that we can address the university as apparently being bike friendly we can call out the shortcomings that's a good position to be in like what are some of its shortcomings oh well the big shortcomings are of course the access to campus you know and there's a 2006 bicycle master plan which was adopted by the campus five years ago now and that had its first priority to improve access to UCLA campus and nothing's happened there They've they've adopted that resolution and and decided never to go ahead with it. And they had plenty of... And, and what's happening around campus is, is really, I mean, very, very dire. The four or five widening, we just heard about it before. Um, the, 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 the way to to reach campus from, from, from Beverly Hills, say, through the through the country club there is very difficult. And um, there's so many obstacles to connect with bikes to, to campus, which is really a big problem.
0: So and we're then the other
7: one, the big one, is the national cemetery, which has been closed since 9/11, which used to be open and afforded a con- connection between Brentwood and Westwood. All of those things. Now, now that the campus is a bicycle-friendly campus, uh, we can talk about these things anew. You know.
1: What did you think of the of the, uh, Alex Thompson's um, plan to have you know to have Santa Monica connect to Sepulveda, to connect to Venice to the beach?
7: Perfect, perfect. I couldn't quite imagine how it would work and how he. How he would get across the the National Cemetery, and, and maybe he, he maybe there are some some streets. How we would connect to UCLA, I don't, I haven't quite, I don't have quite his map in front of me. But if it works, it would be great. And that that opens also a whole new kind of um, tour, bike tourism opportunity. You know, once a path like that is in you operation, it can be can be marketed as a as a, as a bike tourism uh, destination.
1: What is, Dr. Michael Kahn, what is your title with Sustainable Streets? I think I'm the secretary there. Um, and what is Sustainable Streets' as a job, mission? Sustainable Streets is a bicycle education
7: and encouragement nonprofit. And we work mostly with league-certified bicycle instructors, cycling instructors, and these are people who can tell you how to ride your bike safely and predictably and assertively on the road. And we work with cities and other agencies to offer these classes. And we try to um, come to a point where these classes are being offered for the students without, uh, free of charge so that it becomes a, a city service of some kind, you know?
1: Hmm. And, you know? The, and, and we got a lot of... A, a I think we got a lot of interest in the, in the conversations we've had about bike sharing and your position on bike sharing, which at first seemed to me to, to sort of go against the conventional thinking, which is that, well, it seems to me that most, most people think bike sharing is good, and and you're saying it's not good, and-, and Well,
7: I didn't quite say well, it wasn't good. I, well, I think my position was, let's look at the numbers and see how much, what we're we spending for it, you know? Right. Don't, don't jump ahead of us ourselves it's because someone is spending money on, on, on a bike bike program, it doesn't mean that it really addresses the issues. You know, it's maybe just that we are happy that someone is spending money on something with bikes, and that is not really reflecting the benefit that we get for that money.
1: That's what I meant. I didn't mean to say not good. I, I mean, mean there's
7: say... there's uh, there are different ways of bike sharing. You know, even even, even bike theft is a form of bike sharing. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's an, and, and and yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, so I, go ahead. I, I'm encountering this view more now. I mean, I'm hearing it more since we mm-hmm. since we brought it up. That yeah,
7: it's, uh, it's 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 important that we that we ask ourselves what what are we getting for it, you know, and not be carried away. Oh yeah, some someone someone's putting money down, you know. And and yesterday I I, I spoke to to a student at UCLA. He's he's going to write something for the student newspaper there, and he asked me what would I do with a million dollars to change the bicycle oh, facilities. On campus, you know, and, and that's that's the that's the important question, you know. When you sit down and you say, what 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 would I do with a million dollars? You know, where would I start spending? It, and, and is, that's
1: it, a, is it possible that bike sharing is something that money money shows up for that wouldn't otherwise be there? So it's not a one or the other type thing, but that you know, bike sharing is it, it, like comes with its own money.
0: Mm,
1: mm. Do you know what I mean? Could be, could be. Hold on, Chicken Leather has a question. Okay,
2: uh, Mike, um, I'm, I'm reminded when we talk about bike share on, on a campus that it actually does work in some respect, almost yes, like a it bike, bike a, library. Yes, On a campus.
7: It can, and UCLA, for instance, uh, good for them, they do have a little bike share program. They uh-huh. have 50 or so bikes that they check out to their students for a term for $35. And then they have another bike share, a Brune bike program, where they um, allow you know, you know, you know, supply bikes to departments, and then any member of the department can use it for on-campus trips. And in both cases, these are probably trips which are mostly on-campus trips. Right. And so some of these on-campus trips are car trips, you know, and that's important to replace them. Yeah. Um, Others are pedestrian trips, of course.
2: Well, it's funny because we always think of of, uh, action starting with the student movement. And in in fact, someplace like Occidental, they, they started something because somebody else said, why don't you guys have a bike share program? And they said, well, nobody ever had one. And he says, well, I had one in my old school. Let's start one here. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, mm-hmm. Ramon started this program. It continues to this day, but it's uh, made up of bikes that were either donated from, I, I know the bike oven donated a few, and some mm-hmm. of them were just bikes that people had left behind that they didn't know how to repair. So it's it's really simple to get those bikes into the equation. I'm wondering if you really need a big um, fiduciary kind of financial um, pay off to get people at a a university involved in in something like this. And it was great to hear that
7: news. That monetary input when you you think about making it comfortable for everybody and people not being willing to learn how to pump up their tire and not being able to park their bike at home and things like that. And then you you enter into a mentality where you want to offer a service to to, to a consumer who doesn't care about um, uh, the, the object... It doesn't need to be in control of it. You yeah, know, Mike, it's, it's, it's,
2: it's, it's, I, I'm reminded of how it works in, in the film industry. All the big stars get styluses and stuff and everything, and it'd be nice to go out there and say, oh, yeah, I get to have a stylus today to actually remind me what to wear and have my bike hooked <laughs> up and just have my cappuccino ready. But let's be honest, nobody yeah, can yeah. afford yeah. that. The, the rest stroke. of
7: us like to live our own lives and may, maybe like to... Like to um, have a connection with the objects that we use and 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 this connection you know even even your big competitor you know we, um which i hate very much because it's called car talk you know what is it about it is really about enabling people to understand that black box that is their car, to understand how how to operate it. So they educate people what to do with it. And then I don't understand why a a bike sharing supplier should come in and say, oh, I just want to offer that a perfect service, like a dry cleaning service to people who don't need to know anything about how, how it works inside, you
0: know. Yeah,
2: it, it, it's funny because um, with, with something like Car Talk, when you, when you talk about this, I, I remember the old days when Car Talk used to be not two guys click and clack, but it, it was actually some really well kind of versed guys on KPFK that, that a lot of the conversation went towards repair. And with a bike, there there is a certain amount that we could talk about repair here. In fact, we're we're looking at a future show uh, about internal hubs and braking methods. But um, getting getting back to this, um, we we look at this as not a competition, but uh, a further uh, sort of validation that people are looking at other alternative methods. But they're still so entrenched. I mean, the car not only has. The road's already built, it also has freeways, it also has, if you get hungry, drive-through restaurants, it has drive-through <laughs> coffee things. Mm-hmm. So we see all this stuff that's just being sort of facilitated if you join in and get your, your license in your car and you pump up mm-hmm. with gas. Mm-hmm. To break this habit, you're having to provide a whole new set of set of rules and changes. And I like to think that it's not just rules to be broken, but rules that can benefit some other people and stuff and as I've been talking this whole time we want to tell you here at Kill Radio we have a good vista out here to look at good. there have been at least 30 different kinds of bicycles going by I mean there's been hundreds of cars but there's there's people that are actually riding their bike it's a beautiful day today mm-hmm. the sun breaks mm-hmm. through every once in a while but it's a nice day yeah Yeah. so that, that being said the university is embracing this it sounds fantastic.
0: It sounds The lonely. university
7: has been have been hooked in. They have taken the ba- bite, bait. Bait. <laughs> what how do you say? The bait. I either when they're now on the line, on the fishing line and now we can slowly start to haul it in with this, this catch <laughs> and 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 turn turn the metal into some kind of reality. Yeah, I wonder if
2: equating bike riders to dead fish is really good. <laughs> <laughs> Get winners, no, it's the campus which is with it. It's yeah. not the bike ride. I like to think they're dolphins. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah.
7: and, and, and by well, the I way, we have a little a little blog. If anyone wants to look up what's happening at UCLA, it's called bicycle-academy.org, and and there's a little write-up
2: about about
7: what's happening. Oh, there. This what sounds happens. official. Now,
2: you know, when I think of universities and bikes, I, I think of some something more along the lines of Hogwarts, where everybody has... Uh, nice little uniforms with patches on it do you think there's ever going to be branding like that again where a bike club will will have uh, their patch and stuff it, it goes it harkens back to motorcycles but i'm thinking you could get it more with academia where where you go hey that's somebody that rides a bike i'm gonna give them a little more room they're they're doing their bit to save the world one bicycle ride at a time
7: yeah, and, and, and of course, starting at a, at a university campus, you know, they, they call UCLA a world-class university, and it no doubt is, but, mm-hmm. but this is where the smart people reside, thousands of them, you know, and we have Nobel Prize winners on campus who are, who are cycling, and we have all kinds of um, smart people who, who have their bicycles sitting at home, you know. I've met, I met a, met a professor recently who occasionally rides from Malibu to, to UCLA with, on his bike, you know. And and these are these are the heroes, you know, and they and, and you find them on, on the campus because smart people like to cycle, you know. Yeah. It goes together.
2: <laughs> it, it, it's funny because um, I w- I recently been dealing with some um, some dental issues and I've been going down to SC not to not to mm-hmm. get the rile started, but there was a doctor in the dental department that rode his bike to work. There you go. And it, and it was like, hey, you know, he rides his bike too, and it's like, well, yeah, he wants to get here on time. And they kind of looked at me and I said, where he's coming from, the time he's leaving, that's the most viable piece of transportation that's going to get him here on time. Good, good, good. And, and it was funny because he said the same thing. He says off on an occasion there's a, a traffic jam and he couldn't get there. And so the bike sold Let that. me ask you something. Sure.
7: Have you ever um, heard about a, a, a bike club or school-based bicycle education effort that um, does some kind of Formation riding with the kids, and where with cycling group cycling turns into some kind of a performance, a ballet, or or something like that. Is that anything you've is, is something that you've heard? Uh, I'm
2: um, I'm familiar with a couple of. Uh, there was one movie in the bike film festival that sort of part partied on, uh, sort of was part of that. And then there was also the Alien ride, but that was more like a an inflated kind of performance art piece and stuff and then of course you're, I'm reminded of the um, what is it the breezy kind of what is it the musical thing downtown that uh, was with the uh, Colburn Center and that musical thing, uh, almost like a bike bell, kind of. Ensemble. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But I, was, I, was I don't know
2: about movement and dance uh, with the university kind of thing, if if only or because. At
0: the, at
7: the level,
2: I means? think that was quite similar with Circus Days Soleil and, and some of their yeah. things, and it yeah, does. Yeah, with, a little
7: bit of circus is in there, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: they always like to throw that together. But if it, anyone knows
7: about that, let me know.
2: It's it's funny because um, when it, when my first introduction to dance was in in college with with people like uh, uh, Tish Brown and people taking me to things. And, and mm-hmm. when I thought of dance up to that point, I was always thinking of ballet or tap dance or something mm-hmm. more formalized. There, like
7: there was a, and back, I mean, you know that I've come from Germany. Yeah. And I've, I've studied a little bit the history of, 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 of cycling back in Germany. Mm-hmm. And there, there was a very strong movement um, of indoor cycling, especially during the winter time. Right. And they had they had a little bit of a military structure there with with one person in charge, and he had this little troop, and he would give orders and shout these orders in a certain manner. And then they had a very rigorous system of evaluating these performances under aesthetic criteria, you know, for beauty and for variation and things like that. And then they would have a national competition system where judges would be um, judging these performances of groups of cyclists and cycling indoor, and and, and that was a very... um, a very important part of the, of the labor movement back in Germany, you
2: know, back so I, I to the 1910s and I'm, I'm not as versed as you, but I'm, I'm reminded of, of uh, what I know, as, I remember as for Oscar something with the, the Weimar Republic and Bauhaus and stuff, he was trying to do something with bikes, but it was more like a performance piece, so I think, uh, similar to how the Peking kind of opera does, you know, they had somebody balance and stuff, but I, I'm not familiar with that. I know that, uh, here in America, bicycle was was used more. They sort of uh, opted more for the racing and stuff. And a while back in the 30s and 40s, I remember seeing a film at the yeah, film festival again. And the racing is
7: of course. Is, uh, they had the six-day races,
2: and in fact, they used to do it uh, at Madison Square Garden on a flat track, and that was more like doing uh, an indoor Tour de France around an oval thing. More but if like you compare the,
7: the sports, and
2: yeah. the, the, the
7: emphasis on racing is competition, and it's the, the, the winner, yeah. single cyclist, it's, it's, it's the individual, you know? Yeah, and then, And where, where, where the group sport, like uh, performing as a group in a, in, a, in a closed environment, is much more, um, you know, speaks much more to the social dimension of cycling. Yeah, I always thought
2: that that, that would be something to do for something like Cyclovia. Uh, I, I know that uh, we at the Bike Oven once went out for uh, a parade. And I was trying to get him to do things just like you know the cops—they always get out there with their motorcycles and they—they mm-hmm.
5: they do everything
2: but, but get into accidents and do chicken races. But I always thought it would be fun to do it. And at one point, one of our uh, uh, Steve Compost, who's our welder, he knows how to backward pedal and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He was doing tricks with a sombrero, mm-hmm. and then and then we would we were having a little bit. The next time we did it, we had a, a sort of a pre-stage kind of polo course where we hit around a, a big ball, so it looked kind of ridiculous, but it, it sort of gave people the idea that we were having a lot of fun on bikes, and absolutely, I think that yeah. was the enticement for somebody that hadn't been on a bike in a while. Mm-hmm. And I, I see this see, all the time. Imagine
7: that happening through the, with a group of, uh, of of 10 or 15, 12 year olds, you know? Oh, absolutely. And yeah, That would be a, would a win
2: wouldn't it? Well, well, see, that's, that's the other thing you're arguing now. Most kids, uh, when they come into my bike collective, I know they come into a lot of them, are not looking for BMX bikes like I, I had when I was a youth or, you know, God forbid They want a fixed gear. Exactly. They want a fixed gear bike that they can... And these are ideal to make they, these little, little more controlled BMX. Right, and they're sort of base-level bike that they want to pay for. Their dad's thinking it's like, well, no more than, you know, $50 to $100. And I, I really hate to be the bearer of bad tidings when I tell them, oh, you're, you're talking about, you know, V-Wheels v and, you know, deep V-Wheels and some nice combined, yeah, I said, you're, you're looking at a bike that probably, you know, starts at $500 or something. <laughs> they kind of, you know, gulp and okay. say, well, we're, we're going <laughs> to fix another bike or something. Mm-hmm. No. But a- anyway, it's it's great to hear this and um, hopefully there will be more of an artistic kind of slam to that. I'm, I'm reminded that this year also um, Miller is going to be doing uh, some more bike bell ensembles to coincide with the, not this, um, Ciclavia, but the ones during the summer. And in fact, Art Cycle 2 is talking about moving that whole day-long festival where they block the street in, in mm-hmm. Santa, Moni- uh, Santa Monica Boulevard here in uh, they, they uh, East Hollywood. The yeah, they're opening them the up, excuse me, opening the streets up. Uh, they're going to be doing that hopefully to coincide with this. So it, it seems more of a, a, a summer festival as opposed to something they sort of stick in the winter that utilizes that, that week or two between spring and Lent. Okay. So, well, well, thanks for calling us, Mike. Thank you, and, and we'll talk soon again. Yeah, absolutely.
7: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
2: Good, Good job
1: for us. Like, talk?
2: Yeah. Um, wow, what a, what a day, huh? Yeah. So uh, we've reminded everybody a couple times about Ciclavia, but we just also want to remind them that uh, there's other things going around in Los Angeles. And last week, I... Uh, Got out of here early on my own show to go and check out uh, some artwork that uh, Tick. We tried to get Tick on the line, and we never got him. So the way we're going to get Tick on Bike Talk, because he's he's usually uh, one of these artists that gets up at the crack of dawn, and this is the middle of the day, and so he's getting lunch usually when we do our show, uh, is to actually go out there and tape him at his opening. So this is going to be about three or four minutes oh. of some of the things that were going on at last week's Buckwild Gallery. And as luck would have it. That's right. We met some people from some other rides. It is Kill Radio Bike Talk, also on the podcast of KPFK. And you're magically transported to the west side the Buckwild Gallery. And Chicken Leather is ridden up on his flying pigeon. Here's the dialogue. <laughs> he never got on the phone. He never got a hold of him. just blurred it. I thought it would be here. That's right. We're we at half a wild. A <laughs> you know, half a lap is is his his excitement. Is this a flying pigeon? Yes it is, actually. You know, I
1: actually had to build one of these from the
2: ground up. No. But that's an evil way. The, the, no, the, really, they're they're the, horrible to build. The rims weren't even built. Yeah. I had to build oh, no. the wheels. These bikes are the worst bicycles ever ever manufactured pretty much I told these people they have a whole bunch of them I said I will not build any more if you want me to build any more of these it's gonna cost you three hundred dollars a bike or oh absolutely bike. absolutely there's such pieces of shit the, mm. half the stuff doesn't fit it's all and there's so many little things you have to put together to make it work and then when you finally do get it together none of the shit works the brakes don't work The freewheels are half frozen. Absolutely. The fucking rims are are messed up. (laughs) You know, all this kind of shit. And brand new, you try to tighten something and it's stripped out. All right. And and not one thing, but five or six things. One, One more minute of this and then we'll get to the phone call. Only bike that's that's made it through Koreatown like for the last six months without doing anything to it. I literally yeah. so I a day, you
6: put a seal bearing Yeah, on it's a, a it's
2: in a in different there. bearing. Set, it's a different crank set. I got rid of the cotter pins and it's a coaster brake in the back. So basically this is the coaster brake challenge bike, except I put two fenders and a rack on the back. Well yeah, that's all well and good, so. yeah. I'm just saying but you took a lot of the things off of it that made it. So uh uh the what I'm, what I'm trying to say is we've re-engineered it so it actually stands up with this heavy-duty steel frame to some of the streets here in Koreatown and um, points east of there with the roads being what they were. You well,
1: know, This guy was getting a little belligerent.
2: Oh, no. That's, that's Paul from Atomic Cycles. He does the Coaster Brake Challenge. And miraculously, my bike hasn't fallen apart like everybody else's bike. And I, this is like the fifth time I've done it. So you figure that everybody else gets basically almost a new bike or, or rebuilds their hubs every time. I pretty much have stayed with the same bike that I ride on the streets for this racing. So uh, I've only found this frame to work and another so lightweight frame that flying was... Flying
1: pigeon, piece of shit or awesome coaster brake? challenge I, I
2: think it's, it's something you might want to re-examine if you're not in a total hurry to get through the streets because they'll stand up to the abuse of some of these corroded infrastructure, pothole-laced uh uh bike paths that are that are still here from uh Korea town whatever. Who's on the phone, Nick? We
1: got Mark from the basically Sys Medical Workshop, right? Mark?
6: Yeah. Well yeah, basically. We wanna correct that a little bit or modify. Well um it? I was just helping out with uh you know getting the word out for it but uh yeah a couple of my friends are the ones uh doing the doing the workshop. Alright, so it's it was last weekend, right? Um. the first time ever, or was that? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it was the first of uh, what I'm. I think they're hoping to be a, a you know, follow-up uh, event. Um, probably to to uh, also get, you know, people to sort of become more confident in, in what they learned the first time around, because it was a sort of introduction on on what to do when you sort of see someone hurt or. What kind of what what kind of reactions uh, should you be looking out for? Things like that, and um, basically to give them enough information so that if they wanted to volunteer with Siglavia, that they would uh, they would sort of give them like either um, some uh, you know medical paraphernalia like you know gauze and whatnot, and so if they saw something along the route, then they could know how to at least help treat and. And then also know when to go back to the medical staff and say, this is, like, really serious. We need, you know, uh, more attention than, you know, obviously they're qualified to do. So um, it's actually pretty cool. And, and, uh, um, you know, it's just one workshop, so I I think most people would understand that you're not going to walk away, you know, knowing how to, you know, be a certified whatever. But... um, Um, It was still fun, and and, uh, we got a good turnout. It was about, I think it was, like, close to 25 or 30 people or something like that. Wow, that's good.
1: That's a good turnout. Here, here's Chicken Leather.
2: Hey, um, it's a bicycle event, and it's a slow bike event. Were there really that many injuries, or was it mostly twisted ankles? Or, or I'm thinking you could probably tell us what was the, the most common kind of injury or something. Was it a bruise or... Did you have to do ice or anything,
6: or was it real CPR or something like that? Um, from what I understood, out of the 60,000 or so people that showed up, I think there was two accidents, um, and they were both They were both mainly, like one guy was riding downhill while talking on the cell phone or something like that. Uh, another person I think had, I think it was like a heat issue, like heat, you know, just overheating or something like that. And there was another bike um uh, sort of wreck or something like that, but nothing, uh, I think it was like two bike wrecks and one other um, incident, so it was pretty, uh, it was pretty mellow for, you know, in relation to how many people showed up, so um, yeah, I think, I think part of it is is uh, the fact that a lot of people were riding slow and, um, uh, you know, there wasn't all these, you know, wild sort of races going on or anything like that everyone kind of kept their cool
1: okay so are you guys gonna gonna uh, do the people who were trained with you last week do they have some kind of uh, way of identifying themselves as trained uh, you know trained basically says
6: well so the workshop was uh, hoping to get people to show up to then volunteer so whoever follows students volunteer that's sort of a uh, another issue. But if someone does decide to volunteer and signs up for one of the medical booths that uh, I think Kaiser sponsoring, then they would, um, I think they're going to have like two different scenarios. One is they'll give you like this sort of sling with like a, a little medical kit in it. So if you're riding around the route, you can, uh, you can sort of, uh, you know, see if anybody along the route is, you know, hurt or whatnot. And then I think they'll have people that are just going to volunteer at the booth. Um, and then at the booth, I think there's going to be like, um, some doctors and, uh, nurses and whatnot. So, um, um, whoever decides to volunteer is sort of, uh, a whole other story. The, the workshop was mainly to try to get people interested in volunteering. And I think, um, the bigger sort of broader thing too, is to get people to learn how to, um, look out for one another. Um, I think it's, it ties in really good with, like, some of these night group rides and whatnot. So, you know, you could kind of look in, look out for one another. There were some people that had more of an understanding of, of how to treat um, crashes and, you know, cuts and, you know, uh, look for, you know, um, signs that a person is more injured than you might otherwise not have thought they were. Um, so there was sort of the narrow ciclovia um, aspect to it, and then there's sort of the broader um, training general public in, in knowing how to administer cer- certain things uh, for themselves.
2: So um, <laughs> when, when I ride my bike around town, just briefly in the few minutes we have left, um, I, I carry some um, what they call, uh, I guess it's called soldier, which is like an antiseptic. Um, I used to carry some alcohol, uh, not, not the drinking, but more like the rubbing kind. <laughs> and uh, bandages and, and just a, a dry cloth, which I always feel that can be used even to take grease off. But if I'm not taking grease, I can take use it as a, a compress or or with the alcohol do do these things. And if I'm any worse, I have a cell phone to call somebody. Uh, is there some sort of simple medical kind of thing that you carry? You know, band aids or, or what have you when you just travel around town?
6: Uh, personally, I, I, you know, if I'm, I guess of the the more, you know, like mountain biking, I carry sometimes maybe some Band-Aid and like a antiseptic wipe. Yeah. That's about it. I mean, there's, you know, I don't carry too much. It, it's a uh, sort of one of those things like if if uh, you get scraped up pretty bad and uh, you think you need to get back down the mountain, you just kind of get back down. But uh, um. Yeah, I don't carry too much with me. I think maybe maybe I should. I don't know, but uh, you know, I don't. Yeah. You don't really run into too many scenarios like that. I think I think the main thing is just. Um, I think it's great to learn that stuff. I think I think it's rad. I, I I think people should be inclined to learn how to sort of do their own, uh... uh you know, self repairs and stuff. So
2: yeah, I, I'm thinking it's more like
6: um, you know, I do my
2: bike repairs. Why not me being part of the engine? Uh, have, have something as simple and and I think medical training is, is evolved so where somebody does know how to do CPR if you had a room with a stranger somebody does kind of know how to, how to uh, not so much lance a wound but they can do the Heimlich if somebody's choking or something so it's the immediate kind of thing and then usually there's enough of a um, a, a knowledge base or like a brain trust within there that you can get things done um, I'm I'm feeling that this is probably the start of something with your organization. Maybe you can get to a point where it'll be doctors on bikes.
6: Yeah, I think it, I mean, I'm excited about the, the prospects of it. I, I've been talking to them about, uh, one of the doctors my good friend. I was, I was telling her, you know, like this would be really cool if you could, you know, keep doing some follow-up workshops and uh, people can really get confident in their understanding of what, what they need to do um, in different scenarios. I mean, they even went... One of the cool things that they, they touched on in the workshop was uh, if someone tooth got knocked out, that you can actually uh, re- replace the tooth. You can put the tooth back in. You know, you can sort of shove it back in with the person's consent or whatnot. And how to how to take care of the tooth, like what you, you could put it in milk or uh, to keep it wet. You know, and, and uh, so there were some certain you know interesting things that you, you probably wouldn't know otherwise. Um, that that I think are are you know, they're, they're along the lines sense. of, like, survival skills, yeah. you know, so I think that's cool. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, hey, thanks a lot for talking to us today.
6: Yeah, man. Okay. Take,
1: Take care, well. guys. See you at Ciclavia. Yeah. All right, see you. Bye.
2: All right, what a day. I know you want to put on the Bike Talk music, but I have a special ki- feature here. Only today I dug out something from last time, Ciclavia. It's some sitar music that we were privy to. So this is Bike Talk on KPFK, and we're going out with this and Kill Radio. This is what I remember most, this and the love shoe right, So we'll see you uh, next week on Sickle V.